0: This is Usable, a Quartz creative podcast that profiles the creators that are applying user-first design to reinvent how we experience the world. On this episode, Larissa Shulman talks to Jess Levin-Conroy, CEO of Carrots & Cake, about how user-first design helps the company respond to the shifting demands of a new generation of couples. Jess, welcome to Usable. Thank you so much for having me. So
1: thrilled you could be here. Uh, For listeners who aren't familiar, what is Carrots & Cake? Carrots & Cake is the next generation wedding platform that delivers customized and personal advice to users on demand.
0: When did you first come up with the idea to make Carrots & Cake? Why did you create
1: it? I used to work in venture capital and invest in brands and predominantly in the luxury aspirational space. And I was in business school learning what one does in that type of environment. But ultimately they had us do a case study that was really interesting to me. It was on the wedding space on diamonds. So it was about how do you reach an end consumer? And what was fascinating to me is while a lot of the focus was on trying to touch People getting engaged at that moment in time, I thought about how you could touch the businesses and how in turn they could reach such a broader audience. And it was the first time that I actually looked at the industry, not just as something that, oh, my friends are getting married. It's, you know, that moment in life. I was really seeing this really rich space of half a million local business owners, a lot of them solo entrepreneurs, a lot of them female led businesses that really didn't have anyone kind of paying attention to them. And it was one of those moments where I look back and I was like, okay, there's something here. And so that was really the tipping point of, oh, okay, okay, let's explore this space and see what we can do inside this industry.
0: Were there prototypes at the beginning? How did you get vendors? How did you get featured weddings? Yeah,
1: of course. So I think one of the things that we started to look at is ultimately we really wanted to serve businesses first because there's a lot of problems inside the space. You know, we touched on it a second ago when you said, you know, what is carrots and cake? We're a resource both for couples and businesses, but you can't solve two problems at once. It's kind of the thing that I learned early on is that if you try to be everything for everybody when it comes to a user you're not going to do any one good thing well and so when we started doing our research and started looking at you know what is this problem we're trying to solve we want to build a better space for businesses you know we wanted to help fundamentally transform the way businesses work inside the space because ultimately the better and the stronger the businesses are then the better the experiences for the consumer and so we recognize that okay let's solve that first however walking out to a bunch of businesses and basically saying hey I've got something that's going to help you build a better business no one really wants to answer the phone And so what we decided to do was ultimately build out the platform that most people are familiar with, which is carrotsandcake.com and really start to feed into an ecosystem that exists inside the industry, which is essentially that businesses needed a place to get their work featured because ultimately the best business is driven by your past business inside the space. And so that was sort of the impetus for the platform is to build a better way to sort of feature Work And make it less about the couple story initially and more about the businesses themselves and kind of how those teams work. And that in turn then created this naturally organic system where businesses were sharing their work with us. Every time a new wedding was added to carrots and cake, it created 10 new businesses that were then sort of a part of our ecosystem, then we could use them to help build community.
0: So is there a process for vetting vendors or is it any vendor that's featured through wedding that can be part of the site?
1: So it's kind of both. So any vendor that wants to join Carrots & Cake can create a basic membership to the site that gives them the opportunity to have kind of a home base for their work. That being said, To have work featured on the site, it does go through a vetting process through our editorial team, which looks at a multitude of different things, not just the quality of the work, but really looks at the team because that's one of the biggest sort of secrets inside the space is that ultimately when you look at the data, which is one of the things in the last five years that we've become really in tune with when it comes to the site is that We've got over 30,000 businesses on Carrots and Cake. It's not just about them individually, but it's also about how they work together. And so every wedding is about a team component. And so it's not just, wow, is that a really pretty wedding? But who is the photographer? Who is the florist? How do they work together? What does that mean? How does that going to translate on the front end of the site? And more importantly, how is that ultimately going to help those businesses get business and help couples understand how to work with those teams? It's fascinating.
0: And I think the balance of the person who would be on my end of planning against a vendor is is a really interesting one. I'm wondering how you balance those two audiences. It's a two-sided marketplace. How and where you're able to balance that for people who are using the site to plan their own weddings?
1: Right. So in the very beginning, we really had to kind of make that decision. And so a lot of what we were doing... The person that it was for was the businesses. So the way the site was designed was how do we make sure that the businesses, that the work is what the focus is, and the focus is on the actual businesses that made that work. And the same thing then parlays itself through every channel. So social was always about putting the businesses out there. Every single new product we would build, the services behind the scenes, the software, it was business focused. Now we're at that moment where we're starting to realize that ultimately we have to now shift a little bit to also focus on the consumer which is part of the different opportunities that we're working on is that we've realized that when it really comes down to it if our goal is to solve the problem for the businesses when you start to really get to know them and understand what they need the number one thing that every business inside this industry tells you that they need is better business and so better business means different things for different business owners it's not necessarily a volume game no one wants to be doing you know a wedding every single weekend for the most part it's not in their business model but it's about how do I sift through the noise how do I get better leads? How do I get better conversion? How do I spend less time getting in front of more of the right people that are then going to spend more money with what I do? You know, it's that universal local business problem in general is how do I reach better potential clients these days, which is, you know, something that I think we're all shifting it regardless of what you do as a business owner with Instagram, with the internet It's you know, no longer the days of yellow book pages, you know, that's very, very nuanced in how you reach and engage with that audience. And so that's the number one problem that everyone keeps telling us that we hear. And so We recognize that if we don't solve that problem for them, all the other problems are sort of tangential. And so now we're starting to shift our focus to really understand, you know, what is that consumer problem? And ultimately, when you talk to consumers, the biggest single challenge is the lack of information around planning and the transparency associated then with trying to make decisions. And it's not just the information in regards to, is this the right person for me? But it's also budget, style, you know, Have they worked here before? There's all these different data points. And so ultimately, that's part of what we've started to solve with the businesses that we're going to start solving for consumers on the front
0: end. And I would love to hear more about what exactly some of those services are that might be invisible on the front end to vendors. What else do you do for vendors to help them with their business through carrots and cake?
1: So behind the scenes, we work with businesses really in sort of two categories. One is properties and we work with them with a content marketing management tool that is all about helping them convert business that comes in their door. That is our biggest revenue driver and something that really has been the foundation of our business. The other side of our business is what we offer to local which is photographers, florists, wedding planners where we give them access to a suite of tools. One of them is payment online invoicing. One of them is a marketing software. One of them is a PR tool to really just help them, again, drive better business. I think the thing that's interesting about our business model is we've really started to recognize that you can't own discovery anymore, which is something that you know the internet used to be about, right? Is get a lot of eyeballs on what you're doing, they're going to discover you here. And now when you really look at the world you're a media channel my dog's a media channel my friend who's a foodie is a media channel and it's not about how many followers you have it's about the fact that we all discover things in such nuanced ways that you can't own that discovery. What you can own though is some of the research that happens with that discovery. And so that's kind of what we focus on for the service aspect of our businesses is that we can't tell them how that business is going to come to them, meaning it's going to be a past client. It's going to be a friend of a friend. It's going to be somebody following them on Instagram. What we can help them do better is when someone then goes and researches them, which inside our industry, Instagram is the new Google. People are searching on Instagram before they're searching the internet because we're such a visual industry. We help them then have access to different opportunities so that when they are searched, that they stand out from the crowd, that they look differentiated from other businesses that in turn helps them to convert other businesses. So when You really think about sort of what we offer as a business to the industry. We're much more about conversion tools than we are about lead generation. That
0: does make perfect sense. Again, as someone who has been a frequent user of both the site and actually your Instagram, (laughs) I know that even when I was having doubts about my dress, I did a search for the dress designer and I felt a lot of relief just seeing what that looked like in a real setting. How does Carrots and Cake serve as a platform that's better than? other competitors in the industry. The Knot, for example, also uses images from real weddings for their vendor search services what makes carrots and cake stand out
1: i don't think it's a question of who's better but just the resources being different Mm -hmm. what we really focus on a platform that is really differentiated from what else is out there inside the industry is that it's all about relationships so one of the best things that we can show a consumer today is that it's not just about finding a business in isolation it's not about going through vendor listings and you know looking at all the photographers in a market and then looking at all the florists it's about seeing how they play together and that's really what it comes down to is you wanna look at you know, making those key decisions, whether it's a photographer first or a venue or a wedding planner, and then making that one key decision helps inform everything else you're doing. And a lot of other places don't show you those relationships. And so what I mean by that is on carrots and cake, you can pick a venue and you can see every other photographer that's worked at that venue. You can also then see the weddings that they've worked on together to help you properly evaluate that business as opposed to just seeing them on a list in isolation. So it's the contextualization of how those teams work together and what they do.
0: On that note, let's talk about the wedding industry and how much it's changed in the time since you founded Carrots and Cake. What's something that would surprise most people who have never planned a wedding before?
1: Probably the cost. (laughs) (laughs) I think that that's the single biggest thing that we hear across the board is that the cost to... Produce a wedding is not always the expectation of what someone thinks. And you hear that across the board, both from consumers as well as from the businesses. Whether it's the couple walking in and thinking that a certain number means that they can have everything that they put on their Pinterest board, or a business owner having to educate that couple to say, actually, this is what things cost. I think that that's probably one of the biggest surprises for people. I think when you talk about how the industry has changed, the biggest thing for us as an industry is that there's information everywhere but it's not so much information around transparency and pricing, et cetera, that helps you make a better decision as a consumer. There's just a lot of information. So whereas when we first started Carrots and Cake, it was kind of the tipping of the golden age of the wedding blog, if you will. And that's where all the information was. And you talk to some of those founders that have built these really great businesses and have this huge community inside the industry. When they first started, you know, they were the only ones. And so when you were playing a wedding, there was a couple places to go. And then before that, there was only a couple wedding magazines. Now there's wedding magazines, there's wedding blogs, there's wedding platforms. And then there's people that don't have anything other than a great instagram channel but that in of itself as we know is such a rich resource and so you think about it from a consumer perspective the biggest challenge is that you're inundated with information and it kind of creates this sort of decision paralysis where you don't really know where to go and something that is then in turn happening on the business side that's creating sort of an interesting moment inside the industry is because we all have so much information people are calling 20 photographers people are calling 15 venues when It really comes down to it. There's probably not 20 right photographers for you.
0: I find that symbiosis very interesting and the role that it plays on carrots and cake. As you said before, seeing a photographer at a particular venue, how all the elements come together. What role has Instagram and Pinterest played in the wedding industry? How has it changed the expectations people have of their wedding?
1: One of the biggest things is there has been outsourced focus, if you will, on the aesthetic that is in some ways caused... Us to move away from the meeting of the overall event. I do think that a lot of times when you look at what people begin to be focused on with the wedding, one of the biggest things that sort of I talk about personally, people are like, "What's the advice? Don't get lost in all the stuff, right?" Because at the end of the day, your wedding is the beginning of the rest of your life, and I think that unfortunately, and it's not just our industry; it's the fashion industry, it's the travel industry, it's everything. I was just talking to a colleague about this on the way down here. It's that. We used to only see what was around us, and now the best part, and also one of the more challenging parts about the internet and Instagram in particular, is you're not just keeping up with the Joneses, you're keeping up with the Kardashians. You're seeing what everyone else is doing, and the same thing applies to weddings, where you know it used to be you would see what was relevant to you based on where you were getting married, and you would see those resources, and now you can see resources that are 2,000 miles away or 2000 miles away from your budget, you know, and people aren't able to properly reconcile those things. And so it's, and it's an interesting moment. And I think that that's one of the things that we're at this point with carrots and cake that we're trying to solve is that we have all this data, you can see ultimately how people are planning, we can see the decisions that people are making, and we're starting to be able to tee up on demand recommendations based on decisions that actually pull in data so that people are seeing decision sets that aren't full of a 1000 photographers in one place, or a 1000 florists in one place.
0: To that end, what are some of the other trends that you're seeing in the industry and how is carrots and cake accommodating them through the data you've accumulated, through new kinds of tools and features that might be rolling out if you're able to speak about them?
1: So I think one of the biggest trends that we're seeing is, and you touched on this a minute ago, is there's decision paralysis when it comes to the consumer. And what we've learned over time and starting to work with couples on the other side is the questions that they have are not Answerable in a platform in a generic article. It's very specific. It's like you know where you're getting married, you know how comfortable you are with your spend, you have certain different levers that you want to pull, and it's not something that can be solved by reading an article that might be 10 tips to do this when. And so what we're realizing is that there's an opportunity to serve up very specific advice at very specific moments in time, using the data that we have over the past five years built with Carrots & Cake that maps over 30,000 businesses and their relationships and how they work so that a consumer can come in and ask a very specific question and we can give them a very specific answer because that's what people need. They don't need another place to search through a list of a bunch of businesses they don't need another place to get inspiration. Those problems are solved right now. The problem that can be solved is someone being able to text someone on demand and ask them for, hey, I'm getting married in New York City. I have this amount of money. I've picked this venue. What are the four best florists? And the data that we have on carrots and cake is gonna be able to allow us to say, okay, great. Well, consumers that made those three other decisions, these are the four florists that they hired. This one with 80% predictability, this one with 20% predictability, and that starts to get interesting. Now, obviously on the consumer experience side, you don't want to make someone feel like it's a robot who's like, here's the data around why you should make these emotional decisions, but it's a way to help someone not have to sift through a hundred different floors without any idea or contextualization as to why they should be working with them.
0: And I think that actually there has been a trend toward too much emotion when making these decisions. And I think it would be really nice to maybe take the edge off of that by looking at the sheer data. I'd like to switch gears for just a moment. What are some of the improvements in the six years that Carrots and Cake has been in existence?
1: So I think one of the biggest ones and we touched on this in the beginning is we have two consumers. It's a dual-sided marketplace and I think one of the big challenges is trying to build both sides at the same time is fraught with problems because then you don't have an identity. And so we've learned that you kind of have to make a call, make a decision at certain moments in time and allow the fluidity in your business to also shift what that priority is. I think that's a huge lesson for us and something that we've really candidly struggled with, you know, the entire six years, probably until now, basically being able to put a stake in the ground and say, you know, this is what we're doing. Because for the longest time it was, well, we're serving the business, also serving the couples. And so how do we do both of those things at the same time and that's a really challenging thing. I think one of the other biggest lessons ultimately comes around the fact that you're only as strong as the team you surround yourself with. And that is one of the things that I think you look at every successful startup, you look at every successful business, and it's not just you. And as much as you might have the microphone, it is really about the journey that you have with a team and those people at certain moments in time that are right or that take you over that next hump. That's essential to what you're building.
0: As a digital brand, have you user tested or done A-B testing? How do you and take user feedback and improve and optimize?
1: Yes, to all of the above. And we're always looking for user feedback. I think that's one of the most interesting things actually about Instagram is the fact that there is so much user feedback available on demand if you're willing to take it and look at it and that was a big transition shift for us in the last year we've recognized that that whole concept of passive consumer engagement versus active consumer engagement is probably not the right terminology if you will but ultimately we have transitioned from this place where people seeking out information and going to platforms to now being in one place predominantly instagram for our user base and expecting people to serve them up the information there whereas it used to be that social was about supporting your platform I now think that social is where it is and your platform is a support for social and that's been a big shift for us with carrots and cake is we talk about it being a social first company ultimately recognizing that our consumers are engaging with us a hundred percent more on social than they are on the platform because that's where we are and I look at my own behavior I'm not hopping off to or other publications that I read, I'm looking at their Instagram and expecting them to tell me what is interesting for me at this moment in time. And so applying that philosophy, that's been a huge shift for us is ultimately making sure that we are a social first company and that we're putting the information readily accessible to our users on social and not thinking of social as a support mechanism, but as the first place of discovery, the first opportunity to engage with our businesses and our clients on the other side. And I think that that's been a huge shift for us as a business in the last six months. It's
0: interesting for us too we here work at a media company and that's something that we're cognizant of all the time that that shift even though there is certainly a place for the core product itself let's talk a little bit about the featured weddings Yes. I'm curious how that has evolved and also how featured weddings are selected.
1: So in the beginning, it was, we will take anything and everything that we can possibly get our hands on. You know, we were a new business and starting, we were strategic about what we wanted to launch with because mm-hmm. when you go back to the site and you look at what it is and you strip out the content, it's really just great boxes. And so ultimately the weddings are our brand. And so in the very beginning, it was me making phone calls to people that I thought were leaders inside the industry as an outsider, having no idea what I was doing. And it was fascinating because we got super lucky and a couple people picked up the phone and listened to what I said and listened to what I was building and there was a couple of them that gave us weddings very early on who were unbelievable businesses inside the space because their content then started to show people what our brand was going to be. And so we were strategic. We launched with 100 weddings that really spoke to kind of where we wanted to be inside the space, which was a little bit more aspirational, a little bit more elevated, but still accessible and kind of kept that in mind, still taking content, you know, as we grew that would speak to that. Now, what we really strategically solve for is two things. One, looking at the content that we're putting out there into the market inside that market. So in New York City or LA or Chicago, there's a lot of content on carrots and cake. Any new content we have needs to speak to what's already working inside that environment on the site. We're also strategic about what new data that we are getting with that content. So if we have 10 weddings at one space, but it's a different set of a team, that's super interesting for us. It's also interesting for us to take content that's at new places that gives us new data, where we can see how other teams are interacting or how other couples are interacting with different businesses. So it's become a twofold, not just about the aesthetic, which is kind of where we started, but as much about, okay, what are we learning from this? And how can we apply that learning then into the tools that we're delivering to couples to help them get closer to connecting with the right businesses?
0: I love that each new combination presents a completely new set of data and also just a new marriage, to use the (laughs) operative word, new marriage of the elements. And just talking a little bit about the design of the site itself, as I believe I mentioned at the beginning, I am not a natural planner, but carrots and cake actually got me excited to plan my wedding because obviously you have amazing photos, but also the aesthetic itself just made me hungry to actually want to put together a party that people would enjoy. So I'm just curious how that
1: was built out and what that aesthetic hopes to achieve. Well, first, thank you. We really wanted to build a site that put the work first, going back to that initial philosophy of it's all about the businesses. And so we wanted it to be super clean, kind of taking that model. We definitely were inspired by what Dean and Zaluca was. I remember when I first moved to New York where it's a white box with grays and blacks, but all the incredible products, that's what you're then drawn to. You're not drawn to their aesthetic. Their aesthetic is more a backdrop for what they're kind of showcasing you and curating and editing. And so it was that same kind of philosophy where we wanted to create something that could showcase and curate and be a backdrop for it, but wasn't going to supersede what we were putting out there. Just
0: a question that I have that I'm curious to hear your thoughts is when it comes to planning a wedding, uh, which are the most important elements in your opinion?
1: Budget. Number one thing, I think that that's the biggest thing that you need to get early on on the same page with your partner on what you're spending, and then know who's paying for it, and knowing where that wiggle room is, because ultimately when it comes down to it, all of your decisions will be predicated by what that number is, because the single biggest thing you're then doing is you're feeding everybody, and your venue cost becomes a big part of that then overall spend that has to be in line with what your overall spend is and also leave room for the other elements that are important to you. The same way that if you were investing, you would want to use someone to help you make smarter investment choices. Great wedding planners help you spend your money better.
0: I know you've touched upon this a bit but when thinking about the millennial in particular how are um, millennial tastes and sensibilities shaping the wedding industry and how are more modern tastes changing how people feel about their own wedding?
1: The average age of couples right now so millennials getting married is a lot older is continuing to shift a little bit older compared to previous generations so we're at an average age of around 28 for couples getting married 29 30 right in that kind of range and so what that means is you're a little bit older so you're a little bit more secure in the choices that you're making you know you're not necessarily having the wedding that you would have had if you got married at 22 or 24 which used to be the average age people are making decisions that are less sometimes about what they're supposed to do you're seeing people really take advantage of opportunities to make their weddings personal to them if you don't want to have a traditional sort of wedding party and you want to do a brunch or you want to do 10 parties in 10 different areas, you know, you're really starting to see people make those decisions that are unique to them. It's not to say that the traditions of weddings are evolving entirely because they're still walking down the aisle and there's still, you know, the first dance and things like that. But I think the key being is people are picking and choosing what matters to them and then they're picking and choosing how they spend accordingly. And I think that's really interesting.
0: Absolutely. I myself went through weighing the pros and cons of having a bridal party and actually opted <laughs> out since I just felt like that would have been something I would have done, you know, 10 years ago, but right. not not now. And as far as vendors are concerned, are there certain types types of vendors that you've seen an uptick in food is
1: really starting to take a center stage at weddings where you know it used to be is it chicken or fish and now the way we eat the way we entertain is really an extension of our lifestyle and so i think that people are you know still it's important the flowers and the decor and like you said the photo booth but i think that people are really looking at their menus also as an extension of their overall aesthetic of their wedding or their overall experience of their wedding and i think that's a lot of fun that in picking out the cake i would have to say <laughs>
0: we're, we're a lot of fun yep One question that we like to ask every guest on Usable is What's something that designers in other fields can learn from how you approach your work?
1: One of the things that we always try to do with carrots and cake, ultimately, is think about the user first. So, where it's easy to think about what you're trying to accomplish, for example, we want someone to sign up or we want someone to click here. If you just focus on what you want them to do instead of on how that's going to make them feel or what that benefit is to them, we really try to make sure that we're giving them something in order to get them to the behavior that we want them to do, while also listening to what works. At the end of the day, you can put whatever you want out there. How your user uses it, they're going to tell you what they actually need. And if you take the time to look at that feedback and listen and see what they're clicking into or what they're doing, you can build a better product instead of just building what you think they want.
0: Usable is a Quartz Creative production. Ricardo Bilton and Morgan Chmielewski are our executive producers. Music by George Colosso. Art design by Shannon Engler. For more information about Quartz Creative, head to creative.qz.com.